Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Lux mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. <gasps> only one sale away from the Shopify 1000 Club. Is that a thing? Wow, Mom! Have a cookie. I'll take one. <laughs> Dad! These are delicious. You need to sell them. Mm-hmm, you should. Mom! No, seriously. Let's set you up on Shopify. It's easy. I always knew you would build your own business. Guys! Yum. Yum. Okay, if mom can do it, then why not? Number 1,000! Start selling today with Shopify for free. Sell online, in person, and anywhere else your future holds. And manage it all from a single place. No design or coding experience necessary. It's why every minute of every day, something amazing happens. A new seller makes their first sale with Shopify. Plus, with on-demand business courses and 24-7 support, Shopify is with you every step of the way. So, when you're ready to bring your idea to life, build it on Shopify, the commerce platform powering millions of ideas around the world. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Sign up for a free 14-day trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Go to shopify.com slash free 22 and start selling today. Shopify.com slash free 22. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Edition with Digest. I'm Stephanie Sloan, Editorial Director, here with Mara Levinsky, Senior Editor. Hey, everyone. So, Mara, let's start with some really good news. Days has been renewed for a year, which means it will be on the air until September 2020, just shy of its actual 55th anniversary, but still in its 55th season. Now, let me say, I was not surprised. I mean, I know when Kelly Clarkson's new talk show was announced, there was a lot of buzz and concern that it was going to take the place of Days. But I don't think any network is in a position to eliminate its soap programming. Well, here, here is really all I can say. You know, as we've talked about before, no programming in that day part can hold any kind of candle to the viewer loyalty that soap fans have. You know, it's interesting that not every network actually announces these pickups. I don't know why that is, but um, I think for Days fans, it's definitely a reassuring thing to know for sure that the show isn't going anywhere. And really, Days has been on such a creative upswing with Ron Carlovati at the helm. And I got a sneak peek yesterday of some of his plans, and I have to say, they're really good. There will be lots to tune in for in the months and year ahead. And so Days fans should know, like, this is the time. If you haven't watched, come on back. If you're watching, you're going to still want to watch. Um, you know, some other news out of Salem this week. Uh, Judith Chapman has been tapped to play a character named Diana, who is the mother of Greg Rickhart's Leo. Of course, this will be a fun inside joke for YNR fans since the duo played mother and son in Genoa City. You know, we've talked before about shows, you know, teaming actors up on a show after they've worked together on a different show, which has happened a ton. But it usually happens with romantic couplings, not like mother-son combinations. But when I heard the news about Judith and Greg, I remembered that there is at least one precedent for this, which is Marge Doucet and Vincent Irizarry, who played mother and son Alexandra and Nick on Guiding Light and then played mother and son Vanessa and David on All My Children. And they had great chemistry on both shows. And I'm certainly, you know, looking forward to seeing Judith and Greg in Salem together. I just think that's going to be fun. And I'd also like to add that I'm really happy for Judith because I'm a, you know, Gloria fan. Uh, but, you know, it seems like she's coming on today's with a huge story and is poised to really make an impact there while Gloria wasn't really being written for as prominently on YNR. And Greg has just been so much fun as Leo. I mean, the first time he was on, it was fine. But since he's been back, I just feel that they've really keyed into how to make this character come alive, and so is he. And he's certainly bringing so much to the role and is just clearly relishing all of the naughty things like Leo says and does. 
Um, I know both Chandler Massey and Freddie Smith told me at the Day of Days that they just have fun even watching him in their actual scenes. So it's not just the audience who is really like, excited about this character. Totally. I had the same kind of conversation with Wally Kurth, by the way. Uh, He told me he could barely keep a straight face as Justin during the Sonny Leo wedding scene. And, you know, the fun troublemaker who, like, just kind of, you know, doesn't care what anyone thinks about him or her, that is a great daytime staple. I think of, like, early Kendall and All My Children, the one played by Sarah Michelle Gellar, who was such a schemer, but, like, the audience, you know, understood that her vendetta against Erica, her birth mother, was rooted in abandonment issues. I loved early Greenlee on All My Children. She was just sort of like an unrepentant biatch, dare I say. God love her. (laughs) And it was, you know, like, fun to see her soften, but, you know, kind of keep her edge when she fell in love with Leo. And I know I've talked about uh, on the podcast before about how much I loved Todd and Blair on One Life to Live. But they were just two very cunning and clever characters. And when they got together and he got this huge inheritance from Victor Lord and they just ran roughshod all over Landview and enjoyed every second of how scandalized everyone in Landview was by it. Oh, my goodness, was that some glorious viewing for me. And even uh, recently on General Hospital, the character of Brit had that sort of classic bad girl feel to me. And I thought it was like a real breath of fresh air. She was a mean girl, but like not entirely without heart. And uh, I love the spark that she brought to the canvas during her most recent visit. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, certainly the sort of day's troublemaker of all troublemakers after Julie, of course, in the beginning of the show was Ali Sweeney Sammy. Indeed. I mean, she had two decades of full-on troublemaking. (laughs) For sure. I feel like even when she's come back now, they've really been able to write to that side of her character, like the more fun side. Mm -hmm. And actually, our guest today is Galen Gehring, who plays Daisy's Rafe, but he started his soap career on Passions. Now, so I will admit Passions maybe wasn't my favorite show, and I don't know if just maybe I was too old for it looking back because... I've met so many younger people who, if I talk to them about soaps, they're like, oh my God, I loved Passions in college. And I kind of think, oh, you know, wow. Awesome. Like, yeah, it, like that was its demo when I was out of it. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, it was definitely fun. It definitely had its cult following. It wasn't my soap cup of tea, but I can intellectually see like why it was <laughs> mm-hmm. so exciting for other people. What about you? Like, what, how would you describe your own Passions experience? I mean... Uh, I'm totally cut from the same cloth as you, I think. I mean, our tastes aren't, like, exactly the same, but I think when it comes to, you know, sort of the more outrageous uh, (laughs) soap opera storytelling, I think we both see its place and get why it is what some people dig. It's not personally what I'm into, but I have the exact same experience. Like, when people find out what I do, they're like, passions, passions, passions. If they're, you know... Uh, from like a certain age range. Whereas if I talk to people my age or older, it's GH, it's Days, it's All My Children, it's YNR. So I definitely think Passion spoke to like millennials, I guess. Um, And it had a really great run, like doing what it did. Not to mention it had so many great actors, some of whom we've seen in daytime and then not to mention primetime. I mean, hi, This Is Us is Justin Hartley, memorably played Fox. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I I remember really loving... uh, Julian Crane, played by Ben Masters. Like, where is Ben Masters? We might have to ask Galen that. Um, <laughs> is I thought he made just a great mustache twirling without the mustache kind of uh, kind of villain. Well, let's get Galen on the phone and see where his former co-stars are and what his memories of passions are. And just let's talk about his 10 years on days. Hi, Galen. Hi, Stephanie Sloan. Big birthday girl. Congratulations, by the way. <laughs> Thank you very much. I hope I'm not dating this podcast by wishing you a happy birthday, but what the hell? Let's do it. Let's just, get in there. Just to know something about me, um, I make yeah. my birthday last as long as it can. So, <laughs> so okay. now it's evergreen on the internet. That's very clever. <laughs> yes. Well, you deserve it. Not sure why, but I'm just throwing it out there. You know why. Come on now. <laughs> you would have trouble narrowing it down to one reason, but you know why. <laughs> I couldn't. I could never narrow it down to one reason. There's so many. The list is long, my friend. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. So uh, Mar and I were talking today about how you just marked 10 years on days last October, which is just sort of mind-boggling to think in light of the fact that you were on Passions for quite a while before days. Yeah. So first of all, what is it like for you to mark that milestone? And, um, you know, what were your feelings coming on to days 10 years ago? 
Well, first of all, thank you so much. It's it's crazy that it's been 10 years because it really doesn't feel that long, which is, of course, what everyone says. People are like, well, it feels like 20. Um, <laughs> although in some ways, actually, it does. Uh, but the funny thing is I will say that I actually, if my math is correct, I've been on days longer than I was on Passions. So Passions, I was on for like nine and a half years, and, and this has been 10. So the fact that I've been here longer than I was there seems very weird to me. Um, just because I don't know for a lot of reasons, but it just doesn't seem like it's been that long or certainly longer than I was on passions. Um, has it flown by? Yeah. Has it been amazing? Like roller coaster ups, downs, middles. Yeah. Um, so many different colors. So great. Um, Obviously incredible to be part of this show. I mean, now going into 55 years, holy mackerel, what's happening? It's just um, amazing, truly. Um, And honestly, I feel like where we're at right now is a really, really good spot um, in terms of like the show and its chemistry and the cast and everyone who comes in here. Not to say that like it was ever bad. It's always been great. There's just different colors, but... You know, I felt like at the end of Passions, it was like, okay, we're riding it into the ground, you know, and James <laughs> Riley, like, rest in peace, was just like, okay, how many times can I just write the same story and they'll never notice or something? And <laughs> But that doesn't feel like the case here. Um, it feels fresh and alive, and I feel like they're doing some fun and innovative stuff, and there's, you know, the Corday and the network, and everyone's all just, like, in a really good, happy place, and... Uh, you know, that's a great feeling to have as someone who works in show. Oh, sure. We were actually just saying that Days is really at a creative, you know, in a creatively good place right now. So uh, yeah. the pickup comes just at such a good time because, you know, yeah. coming off of like an amazing year, just Emmy wise and just sort of what Ron's mm-hmm. been able to do with the show. It's just exciting yeah. to know that it's going to go forward. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, but for you, like really you say it's 20 years. In 1999 was when Passions debuted. So for you, you actually have been in daytime for 20 years. Come on. Yeah, Wait, d- yeah what's dude. the math on that? Well, we're 2019. 10 plus 10. Yeah, <laughs> 10 plus 10. I know. <laughs> that's how that works. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, I mean, that's a long time, right? Yeah, that's to do a, long, it's a good chunk of time, especially for, yeah. a, for a young man like yourself. Whew. Yeah, we started Passions in May of 99. And here we are, um, 2019. So, not yet 20, right? Almost, but you're in your you're you're going to your 20th year. I mean, yeah, yeah, fair to say. Haven't aged a bit. No, no. you have not. You've only aged better, Thanks. Galen. Oh God, see that I'm putting. Hold on, let me put this on the list. <laughs> <laughs> so, Galen, speaking of passions and and the the incredible yeah. impact of. Luis Lopez Fitzgerald. We're not mm-hmm. sure if you saw that Lynn Manuel Miranda tweeted a gif of you in response to a story about NBC starting its own streaming service and you know fans hoping it would mean we'd see the soaps again from their from their lineup and captioned it Lynn Manuel Miranda Lopez Fitzgerald reporting for this reboot. Get out of here. Oh yeah. It was a huge Wait, thread. hold on. So Okay, so you know what's really funny is someone asked me about that today, and I was like, what? Well, the director actually asked me about that today, and I was like, I had seen that he had tweeted something, and I hearted it, but I thought it was just for, like, for Passions to re-air, that they were going to put it on another network. But <laughs> well, no, that was it. It was... I didn't see yeah. that. Well, he's angling no for your job now. <laughs> yeah, he's... Oh, I got to hit him up. That's amazing. That's too cool. He's so talented and incredible. That's... uh. Well, you know, it's good taste. I mean, gosh. Yes. But I mean, so did you, have you over the years just sort of met celebrity fans of passions or have stranger passion fans come out of the woodwork? Um, like Julia Roberts, uh, was a big one. Um, which was hilarious to me, by the way. And I thought my friend who was friends with him was just like putting me on, but when I originally first met her husband, he was like, oh, my God, no way. Oh, boy. Oh, she is going to be pissed that she's not here. And this whole <laughs> thing, you know, classic. Uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, there are a few out there. Definitely a few out there. 
Um, now, Passions was uh, certain. That show was sorry. just so fun and ridiculous and different. And I think, um, you know, people could appreciate that. That's just like a, a breath of fresh air. So, you know, it's so genius at times. Um, the stuff that James Riley was doing was way ahead of its time as far as I was concerned. So, Well, it certainly was like a cult sensation and really mm-hmm. has kind of retained that. Uh, so Definitely. Going back to like its beginning, though, do you remember your audition? And like what did you know about the, t- the, sh- the show and the tone of it, you know, before actually landing the job? So great question. Uh, yeah, I totally remember. In fact, because I was in my final semester at University of Miami to be a writer, director, producer. Like I was basically had made up my mind that I really wanted to be behind the camera and felt like that's where I could uh, best serve, you know, myself. And so this audition came around, and and I remember so it was the final semester, and it was the they faxed through the sides at the time and it was literally like 10 page monologue nearly. And I was like, first of all, no. And second of all, no freaking way. Like, (laughs) like this is really what I want to do anyway. So, you know, and I was doing great in school. I had, you know, a ton of projects going on. Um, and just, it wasn't just a really phenomenal place like creatively. Um, so I blew it off. And so a few weeks transpired, and then the casting director had called. You know, and it wasn't even my agent; it was my. It was Jenna, Jenna's agent at the time. It was like they really want to see him. Like they've already cast uh, part of his family. Just like his look is so great for this thing. Can you please just have him come in and do whatever? So I was like, all right, whatever. So I basically, um, I I remember too. I shooting we were shooting at night so we were shooting basically all night long and so shooting all night long and then you know it slept just a couple hours and then just like got up and went to this audition to put myself on tape and pretty much just um being that it was just a crazy model i just kind of made stuff up like i got the gist of what it was in the character and so I just like went on this kind of like tirade rant thing and lo and behold, a week later they were like, Oh, they want to fly him out to LA for a screen test. I was like, Oh my God, what? Like, I'm, how am I going to do that? Like I'm in finals right now. Like this is I'm fine. I'm studying. Yeah. Like, so I was like, and, and the funny thing was, was there was actually another girl who was also screen testing out of Miami and her and her husband, like her husband is like one of my best buddies still to this day. So she had gone out and tested for it. So I was like, Oh my God. And then a guy who I had put, um, in one of my student films, uh, was also going in a test for it. So I was like, Oh man, maybe I should do this. So I was like, all right, I'll do it. So I went out here and, um, and I did it and it was fine. And then I flew back and then, like a week later, they were like, they want to see him again. And I was like, oh, my God, seriously? So <laughs> at this point in time, like, I'd invested a lot into it, right? The more you invest in it, kind of the more you have. Now I was like, wait, do I really do I want to do this? Yeah, I do. I was very conflicted, to be honest with you. But being that I had invested a lot in it, like I said, um, just the time of it and going out to L.A. And then I was like, this could actually be really cool because they'd pay me at least to fly out to L.A. if I got the job, which is where I knew I needed to be anyway from a film standpoint. And then I'd probably get fired. So whatever, (laughs) you know. Um, So I go back to do the second screen test. Now, mind you, again, I'm like even closer to final. Like, I think this was like the week before, like the end of um, the semester, like it was like insane how I was just trying to keep my head above ground and do this. And so I get on the plane and wouldn't you know it, um, there's a guy going out to do his second screen test. Um, his name is James Hyde. Oh, wow. Uh, Mm. Yeah. And James Hyde was the guy who I had had in one of my student films. Uh, he had been in New York doing Another World, and then he had got let go from that. He was on that for like six months. And he was kind of the person who I was like, oh, well, he did the show for six months and then got fired. Like, that's what will happen to me if I do the show passion. <laughs> like, worst case scenario, right? So anyway, I see him on the plane, and... um so now I was like, oh, my God, this is, like, serendipitous. Like, what's going to happen? So he goes out there, and he had his test, like, the day before mine, I believe. And um, we were in contact, and he was like, yeah, it went really well. And 
And I was like, oh, that's great. And then I went in to do my test. And so during my this final test, I was doing chemistry reads with um, Mackenzie Westmore and with Ben Masters. And so, uh, so I did it with Mackenzie, and it was great. Um, there were there were two other people. One of them was um, an Iglesias, and then another. Uh, I forget who the other guy was, but I was like an Iglesias. Like what? What well, is how this show? Not even have to, like, <laughs> yeah, what's going on? This is like big time. So, so I did it with Mackenzie. It went great. And then I had this um, scene with Ben Masters, who, by the way, was just like such a tremendous actor. And so the scene with her was like, you know, obviously like a romantic kind, of like comedy, not comedy, but just like, you know, a little back and forth repartee and, easy, you know. Like, oh, it's easy. But the one with Pam Masters was like a real power scene. And he was just destroying me uh, so much, like, in the test that I didn't even know what the hell was going on. And I just was like, I kept messing up and messing up. I must have messed up. He I think Julian I messed up probably like you. four times. Yeah, he totally Julian craned me. <laughs> Not in a bad way. Like, he wasn't malicious at all. But he was just like, and I was like, what is happening, you know? Um, and so I was like, well, I guess I didn't get that show. Um, whatever. So I I went back to Florida, and then I found out James, he had like, I think he had given them like 24 hours or something. By the way, this could all be wrong information, at least with regards to him. But <laughs> good, I know he had know. it. So it's the audition according <laughs> yeah. to Galen. We got it. Okay. Yeah, totally. Uh, okay. So he had another deal, I think. And so basically they had to give him an answer right away. And so he found out that he got it like right away. And so I was like, damn, I don't, I don't think I got it actually. Cause then it was like literally another week before I found out that I had booked it. And it was literally right before I, um, like the day before I graduated. So I, I got up on stage and, you know, walked with my cap and gown and then, got off stage and Jenna took me to the airport pretty much directly from the commencement. And, uh, we started filming in Ventura like a day later. It was crazy. But did you know what kind of show you were signing up for? Like, how was it even described to you? It was described, um, as like a new big deal more so than it was like, I don't think that anyone, really knew what it was going to be other than there was a lot of press behind it for whatever reason. And then Eva DeMargian, who was our publicist, you know, she just did a phenomenal job too of creating a lot of hype. You know, I mean, we were doing things like cover of the TV guide and, you know, it was in people magazine, 50 most beautiful. It was 50 at the time. Now it's a hundred. So I, you know, you figure like I made 50. That's pretty amazing. Um, like, we don't really get that press anymore. I don't know if it's because times have changed or if it's just because that show had a lot of, it was just different and stood out maybe. I don't know. But, um, yeah, it was different. Holy mackerel, was it different? My God, it was incredible. Hilarious. Yeah, I mean, did you know, like, you were going to have scenes with an orangutan? Did you know there was going to be <laughs> hell in the closet? Did you know there was a witch and a doll? I mean... Um, no, in short, <laughs> no freaking idea. Um, I, I think that would have made it more interesting. I mean, I knew they had said that it was going to be supernatural, like cloaked in some supernatural and campy and, and, but you can't really, I'm like, hell in the closet. What? What are we even talking about here? I knew that there was the doll come to life and that there was a witch. Um, but my story was really, you know, driving this more romantic story, certainly to begin with, than it was intertwined with the witchcraft story. Um, so they were kind of like, I don't want to say that they were like different threads, but they were, because they were all tied together. Yeah, but they all, they all another, existed but, in the same world, but you were part of the more grounded you know, part of the canvas. Yeah, it was part of the more grounded. Like I always wanted more of that, like crazy campy stuff. Um, at least as far as like the witchcraft and, and all those things were concerned. I mean, I don't know about the whole orangutan thing that really, um, it was challenging. (laughs) 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 Oh boy. Stories. 
<laughs> oh, you cannot even, by the way. Well, you um, have an orangutan chapter in your in your uh, autobiography. Oh, most definitely, yeah. <laughs> Precious and me. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Um, now, obviously, Luis and Sheridan were such a huge couple on that show and had so many passionate fans. Um, you know, what was it like mm-hmm. for you just to be in a pairing that made such a difference to the audience? You know, it's it was something that didn't dawn on me, actually, because we didn't really have, as crazy as it sounds, like we didn't have the Internet. We didn't have social media. We didn't have mobile phone. Like none of the stuff that the ways that we are able to engage with fans, people get this like incredible immediate feedback, like that didn't exist. So yeah, there started to be a significant amount of fan mail that was coming in, but it didn't hit me until they flew us to Rockefeller Center, uh, Mackenzie and I, for a signing, which was our first signing. And we walked into Rockefeller Center as part of this atrium area that's like goes three floors up. And there were thousands of people there. Like, wow. it was insane. They attacked our car when we left. Uh, we're, like, jumping literally on the car. And Mackenzie and I were like, oh, my God, what is happening? This is, like, it was mind-blowing, truly. And that was when we started to just go, wait, we're, like, part of something special. Like, this is way bigger than we had ever thought it was going to be. Was that, by the way, was that the signing for the Hidden Passions book, or was it just the two of you? Do you remember? No, it was just the two of us. It was before the book, I think. Okay. Pretty sure. I only yeah, only because I was, sure I, was I, I remember book. I had that assignment. I got to go to to the to the book signing, but I think you were there. I think you were. I could be I could be mistaken. I think that might have been my first Galen Garing sighting. I think it might have been. Um <laughs> but I don't You never forget again, your first. Yeah, I mean we're gonna have to do some fact checking. Yeah, <laughs> I know we're gonna have to run this over to Sam Hyde. Um, oh my god! So, uh, well, tell us. You know, the Lopez Fitzgerald family. I think it's hilarious, by the way, that you like looked like a Lopez Fitzgerald. They were like, "We gotta, we gotta get you." Um, yeah. So Jesse Metcalf originally played your brother. You had Lindsay Hartley playing your sister. What are your memories of them? Um. We were, uh, we were like siblings, you know, we were definitely, especially like Jesse and I, like we were, you know, we were suddenly like thrown into this wild experience together. And mind you, when we, so I went from Miami and then we went directly to Ventura. And when we were filming, we were filming in Ventura for like 10 days and staying there at a hotel. But then as soon as we were done in Ventura, we were going to be moving to the Radford lot in Los Angeles, meaning we would have to have places to live in L.A. Well, you know, they had given us, I think they had given us $5,000 for a relocation fee to, to get us moved, but they weren't putting us up or anything like that once we got to L.A. So we were driving, after we were finished shooting, we would drive to L.A. and go house hunting. So James Hyde, Jesse Metcalf, myself... We're like on a rental car driving around town trying to find apartments to live in. And I remember Jesse found his spot first, and then he was like, all right, I'm done. And we're like, well, what do you mean you're done? You're going to still ride around with us. And he's like, I don't want to. And we were all like pissed off at you're him. I remember that was, like, that was like the beginning of us like totally fighting like brothers. Um I mean, he was a great kid. We loved each other, but we were all just flying by the seat of our pants. No one knew what the hell was going on or what to expect, and we were working long hours. And um, you know, we were we were all really like a closely knit bunch, and it was really a fun, special time to be a part of. Um, who from Passions have you stayed in touch with? Uh, a lot of people, actually. I stay in touch with Jesse. I stay in touch with James. Um, Travis, uh, Shoal, Natalie Z, Eric Martzoff, uh, Lindsay Hartley. Where would you see him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then we had that passions reunion like six months ago or something, whatever that was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and oddly enough, um, Kim Ulrich lives just around the corner from me, which is super funny. Uh, 
I see her and um, her husband, Robert, sometimes he walks around late at night and talks on the phone or talks to himself or something. He's like, oh, I'll be out in the yard and I'll hear him walking by talking. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, there goes Robert. Uh, who else? And also, actually, Travis and Natalie also moved out by me. Oh, how nice. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that's pretty much the crew. Or, uh, and, um, um, Eva Lemus, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Well, Mara was asking, oh, okay. where's Ben Masters? What do you know about him? Oh, my God. I have no idea. And we were all, like, wondering that. Like, I need to find him. Like, I, I'm of, like, the belief, I don't know. I feel like he like sailed off the edge of the earth in his boat or something like that. And I'm too scared to find out because I don't want it to be true. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Like I'm kind of terrified to know we were actually talking about it because no one had heard from him at the reunion. Like, and everyone, all these people that were close to him. Um, so I don't know. He's there. He's around somewhere. I hope. Okay. Um, now talk about the end of passions. What was that? Like for, I mean, obviously it ended on NBC, then went to direct TV. So mm-hmm. what was that transition time like for you? I think it was kind of disappointing. Um, in, I mean, it was great to get the pickup once NBC decided that they weren't going to put it on because they were going to add a fourth hour that today showed Jeff Zucker. Thank you much. Um, and great to get picked up by direct TV, but then direct TV, like, came in like guns blazing like we're gonna this show is gonna be huge and we're so behind it and blah, blah, blah and they kind of really didn't do anything to promote it or um and it was also again you know you talk about timing like now everyone has direct tv so back then they were i think really looking for people to subscribe to direct tv to get passions and they were using it as like a leverage tool and i just I, you know, I don't know that people were like signing up to, to do that. And, um, but had they picked it up for instance, like now or Netflix or someone like that, I think, you know, it would have gone longer and I think it might've had a better, a better life because when they, when they put it to direct TV, they also cut the budget a ton. And so it was like, you had this extremely pared down version of a show that was, I think, pretty expensive to make. Um, certainly from the standpoint of like the special effects and the time it took to shoot. And so I think that kind of crippled the show and um, the fact that then, you know, direct TV wasn't really behind it. Like they said, they were like people weren't as enthusiastic about it. And I think that that was also reflected um, in James Riley's, you know, writing of the show. Um, So I don't know, you know, not to be like a downer, but it was like, I don't think everyone was like, yay, you know, direct TV, like, it just felt like it was kind of like slowly dying. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So. Well, um, so then how did you wind <laughs> up? That was really fun. Thanks, Galen. I feel like that's a terrible answer, but it's true. So. <laughs> so then how did you? And then I died. Yeah. Oh, well, bye. It's great talking to you. Um, yeah. So how did you wind up in Salem? Um, so Gary Tomlin, who was, uh, one of the directors, um, at Passions, um, and was part of figuring out how they were going to make, I think, I'm not sure if he became a producer when they went to direct TV. I'm not exactly sure, but I knew that he and Lisa Hesser, you know, really worked hard and, and, and um, we're a big part of figuring out how to make the show for a significant, I think almost, you know, 50% less. Same show, same amount of time on the air, same actors, like, you know, cutting the budget extremely. And then what ended up happening is like when Passions went off the air, then, you know, other soaps were going off the air and they were cutting budgets all over the place. and then Gary Tomlin got hired over here at Days, I think, to helm, you know, the next iteration of Days and how they were going to make that work for less money. And obviously, he was successful at doing that. And then subsequently brought uh, Eric 
and myself over. I mean, we had to, you know, seemingly uh, Corday had no idea who I was, so I, we both had to, or we were, so we both had to come in and test. Um, and then they uh, they offered us the job, and then they also brought in Lindsay Hartley for a while too. So. Was it fun to you know kind of have people you had worked with on Passions now on days? Yeah, it's yeah. I, I will say, however, when Eric and I both came in, we were very nervous because there were a lot of people at days who were like, "Okay, just so we're clear, like," and and being that Gary was here too, like I think that actors they, they had looked at at Passions as being this campy, outrageous show that it was, and and were. I think worried that days was going to become that and potentially, um, you know, lead to its demise subsequently for, you know, changing the tone or whatever. So they started seeing, you know, the executive producer come in and the writer and now these actors and show and everyone was super welcoming. And maybe we were just putting that on ourselves. Like you have that emotional thing when you're coming in, like, Oh, does everyone think we're trying to make a passion now? Or, you know what I mean? Like, uh, but uh, obviously that that wasn't the case, and uh, well, we're still here. So true that. There's that. Yeah. So you have been romantically linked on the show with some of its most prominent leading ladies, including mm. Allie and Christian and Lauren Coslow. So first, tell us about working with Allie. So. Uh, working with Ali w- was great, and um, and you know it was it stands out. Obviously, like that was the storyline that I was brought in to be part of, and we just hit the ground running, and we had so much fun. She was working on Biggest Loser at the time, so everything was just, it's just such a frenetic pace most of the time because she had to go from this show and then go shoot that show, and it just felt like I mean the whole thing was kind of a blur because. A, we had a lot of story, and B, we were always up like first in the morning so she could be done. So it was like this massive amount of writing and uh, this crazy pace and really early in the morning. So I kind of, like a lot of it's kind of a blur to me, but we had so much fun. And um, and uh, that was just like a really cool, creative time. I, I certainly loved some of the stories. I loved the story that I was brought in with, with the safe house. And I think that's such a, a key part to, as an actor, like the blessing to have to be brought in with a good story. Like it's really hard just to swim upstream if you're brought in with a bad story. And so I always feel grateful and lucky to have been brought in with that safe house story. I think it, it helped, um, it helped this couple be interesting to people. Um, and and survive and, and stand the test of time. And I mean, for someone who had come out of such a popular pairing on Passions, you know, you did get a really strong following of safe fans, you know, which yeah. speaks a lot to you and Allie and then the chemistry you created there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you worked with Lauren Coslow for a bit. Yeah. What can you tell us about which was, that? Which was great. Um, yeah, I've I really... Um, revered all the relationships and and the thing that was interesting going from the Sammy and Rafe one to the Lauren Kozla one was that you know the Sammy and Rafe one like you know Rafe was brought in and and you know he was this very true blue character and then you know Sammy ended up sort of like cheating on him with asterisk inadvertently rape not rape cheat but she was grieving over the loss of a child and whatever and so I don't know it's different but Anyway, point being, the the Sammy Rafe relationship, like you could never picture Rafe doing anything bad in this relationship, or or anything certainly out of wedlock or whatever. And and I think that the relationship that he had with Kate, you know, she was obviously this kind of baddie girl, and and you would think, oh, Rafe would never like go with this girl, but they really like. I thought they worked very well together, and I thought it gave my character another color um, and that he could be in this relationship that didn't have to be about all these really deep feelings and and meaningful things that he had with Sammy. You know, it was just this couple of people in, uh, in Kate and Rafe that were just like, they needed each other at that time or wanted each other at that time. And that's like another part of the human condition. And 
So I always liked that. And it was fun. And it was, you know, it was just kind of dangerous or something, if you will. Mm-hmm. And Christian? And then Christian, the thing that I really loved about that was that it was totally born out of their friendship and just like working together and really trying to like look out for this person and, and, uh, and loving this person and wanting to be there for this person. And, um, you know, I always thought that there was such great opportunity that this, this couple is dating and working together and like, how do they make that work? And, and, you know, I always felt there was like really cool opportunity to explore how that working relationship could subsequently become like a total disaster and that like they have to be together every day or that one's the other one's boss. And I think we explored some of that. I certainly think that there was more of that, that, you know, they could have gone further down the rabbit hole as opposed to just like always working on crimes. It could have been more of like, how do these two coexist day to day when there are hurdles? Um, so, but, uh, yeah, definitely another fun, great one. And certainly, you know, working with Christian and iconic character, um, uh, really makes for a fun adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, and you also got to do one of the soap staples. You played a dual role. Uh, tell us about just even executing both those characters at the same time and what that was like. Um, yeah, like that's sort of like the harbinger of like, have you made it in daytime if you get to play a dual role, right? Um, right. I mean, you haven't been presumed and, dead yet as far as I know. Uh, my other character? No, at all. That, was uh, Rafe? Was there, has Rafe been presumed dead? Oh, um, Almost, you know, I've certainly like been on the, on the edge. That's for sure. Uh, but I will say this with the, with the, um, the dual roles, boy, they are hard. Holy mackerel. Um, because you end up playing not only that character, but sometimes you end up playing that character trying to play the other character, which had happened. Right. So when, when the good Rafe, found out that there was a bad Rafe, he then had to play the good Rafe playing the bad Rafe at one point in time. Um, and so that was like tricky. And, and then like this, God, the amount of material, like when you have the you know, dual roles, like you obviously have a big storyline. So then you've got to double it and um, super fun, super demanding. Uh, God, I enjoyed playing that character. He was just a blast and such a departure for, for me, um, you know, playing the altruistic heroic character to just play like a full on dirt ball with no filter who just does what he wants when he wants is so fun. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I remember people were like, <laughs> they're like, you know, like Lauren Cazzo were like, can we just bring him back? He was way cool. <laughs> like, Thank you. I think, uh, great. Um, well, it's yeah. funny because you as Galen do have such a great sense of humor and you're just a very funny person and you don't really see that with Rafe. You know, Rafe really is Thank so different you. from who you are in that way. Yeah. And I think as Arnold, yeah. you got to be a little more, you know. Ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I, I remember one time I got Allie so angry in a scene, she literally got hives. Like we talk about it to this day. <laughs> <laughs> She she got so fat. Oh hi. What are you doing? Christian Alfonso is walking in. Oh, um Christian. looking like she's done from work. Not a shred of makeup. <laughs> oh, looking cute as could be. Hi Christian. Say hi to Stephanie Sloan. We're on a podcast right now and we were just talking about you. Yeah. Hi. She says hi. Hi, honey. Hi, hi. How are you? Good. How are you? Hopefully, we're going to have fabulous weather soon because uh, it's been raining, which I've so really enjoyed and loved. But, okay, we've had enough. I need a little sun. That's <laughs> my podcast. I got to go. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. <laughs> Great. Now she's mad. No. I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. Um, I'm, not, I'm just jealous because she gets flower sent her every day. Oh, come on Maybe now. someone will send me flowers. What? Someone listening, send Galen flowers. Yeah, I did. I just was talking to Mark. Yeah. Yeah. 
Come on, rope fans. Send them to Galen, too. Yeah, come on, rope fans. Step it up. <laughs> Step it up, people. I like flowers, too. Jeez. What's guy got to do around here to get some flowers? Um, oh, you do have the best fans. They're so sweet. I mean, honestly, though, it's like her her room sometimes is like a um, floral shop. Uh, okay, so where were we? I think we were talking about how Galen doesn't get to be as funny as Rafe. Oh, or yeah, Rafe yeah, isn't yeah. as funny as Galen. Right, right. Can you imagine if you were like, oh, I wish you were funny like Rafe? That'd be depressing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that anyone would ever say that. So you are um, no. you are safe, no pun intended. Um, but here's what's crazy is I try and bring some like fun and light moments. And I guess it's like it's hard to bring fun and light moments in when it's like people are dying, you're investigating murders, you're trying to beat people up. You know? No, but you did in the scenes with Kate Mancy when Abigail was like going off on everybody at Christmas Eve, yeah. and you had yeah. just the best reaction when she pointed oh, to you, and it was so funny. It's like you know, yeah, gift central. Like. Yeah, because I remember she was like coming in so hot, and we were just trying to enjoy the thing, and then I was like, "What do I do?" <laughs> um, yeah. And then you had one with Lamone too. I feel. You guys. Oh man. I've- I've had some funny stuff with him. I I wish we also got to work together more. I thought they were going to write us a bunch of stuff, but yeah, let's get uh, that. Let's make that happen. I think a buddy dynamic between the two of them would be really fun. Oh, it'd be super fun for these like you know two cops like butting heads. We had some really funny scenes when he first came in that I I um was looking at last year for Emuriel stuff, and I was like, these were so fun. Like, how do we? Why are we not doing more of them? They were so, I don't know, they were just great. Note so. to Ron and Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Funny over scene. here. Um, yeah. So when you are not in Salem, you seem to be skiing a lot, I'll be honest, um, or you are being a dad and a husband. So tell us what's up with mm-hmm. Jenna and Jensen and Dylan. How are they doing? Uh, well, we were actually... Um, we were just up in the mountains, all of us together, and oh, it's a podcast. Damn it! The publicist yelling at me about the length of my. Hey, <laughs> step back, Maya! It's a podcast. Talk to the hand. Jesus, can't get a break around here. Um, yeah, so we were just up in the mountains. We were skiing. It was amazing. Had a blast. Um, that was a funny trip. Brothers were totally fighting. Uh, Jen and I were like, wow, this is really hard. I don't know. Sometimes one of the coolest parts about being a parent actually is like being tortured and, and going through all these, you know, peaks and valleys. You're like, what just happened? And Jen and I are usually on the same page. So we just look at each other with like bewildered. But they, are they both modeling? Following in your footsteps? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although I never did it as a kid. Um, but Jen's the momager and, uh, she's got them both working a ton and it's good for them. I mean, I certainly hope that it just doesn't like spoil them, but they've had great experiences traveling all over and working with people and being responsible. And cause there was a time when they were screwing off and we best had them both down and we we're like, look, you guys have this really neat opportunity, but you know, it's really like doesn't really do anything for us, but it's for you. And if you want to do it, that's great. And if you don't want to do it, that's fine too. Like, but if you are going to do it, you guys got to be pros about it. And they were like, they were both like, no, we want to do it. So, um, I thought that was a really good learning experience for them. Mm -hmm. And they've been able to save up a bunch of money for, for their young adulthood or college or whatever. And I think that's good. I mean, I wouldn't trade all the experiences I had in that business. I mean, some, yeah, but you know, I got to go all over the world and and work all over the world and see different things and, and experience different cultures. And, and meet, meet Greg Vaughn. Yeah, I meet Greg Vaughn and, and, and um, then be reunited with him nearly 15 years later, as it were. So, it's amazing. Um, yeah, I know. You know, the funny thing, too, is like, so there were there was a group of probably like 15 of us and they weren't all like models, but some, you know, had production companies or restaurants or um, or writers or whatever that were in Miami. And 
we all have stayed in contact. It's pretty great, actually. There's there's a group of friends that that uh, like this group really has roots, and it's pretty neat. And I think it's pretty rare to to have had that experience. So especially as guys. Uh, not, yeah. Not not to be 100%. sexist here, but I feel like women right. groups tend to stay together more than male groups do. So it does says it does say a lot about you guys. Is there a study on that? Is that an official? No. Nope. Am I gonna have to fact check that? You're gonna have to fact check that. I'm just saying that based okay. on my own personal experience. <laughs> it's probably accurate. Hold on, I'm gonna put this on the list too. Yes. Um, We've got a good yeah, one at the end of this. <laughs> right, definitely. Well, I don't want to get in any more trouble with Maya, so I want to say thank you for joining us today. Um, thank you so much for having me. This we I didn't talk expect to you it. We, we were gonna, yeah, this is kind of cool. Well, come back again, and I expect you to have the research that you have been meant to do from this today's conversation. The next time we talk, which research is that? Well, checking all of your facts about the groups, to, about okay. the groups, about James Hyde. I mean, there's a whole list of things that you said, Galen, with. Just not a lot of, you know, facts to back it up. So you got some homework to do. All right, well, let's keep it that way. Okay. Uh, well, congratulations uh, on the podcast. Again, happy, amazing birthday. Thank you so much. And uh, here's to many, many more. And I look forward to doing it again. All right. Awesome. Thank you. Have a great day. And thank you to everyone who was listening to this incredible podcast. Thanks, Galen. Thank you. I mean, not incredible because I was on it, but. No, incredible because we're hosting it. Oh, you're the best. <laughs> All right. Thanks. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to Galen Gehring for being our guest. Be sure to pick up a new issue on sale now and come back next week for another podcast. summer with AC Pro and O'Reilly Auto Parts. Right now, get a $15 O'Reilly Auto Parts gift card after mail-in rebate with the purchase of select AC Pro ready-to-use refrigerant products that include a hose and gauge. Beat the heat before you hit the road with AC Pro at your local O'Reilly Auto Parts store. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.